last session we were looking at the four major criteria that will determine your leadership potential and your leadership uh, progress. And uh, we're looking at the fact that God really does want all of us to succeed. He wants us to grow. He wants us to reach our potential and then our potential will increase and we, in, and we increase that and this progress ongoingly making us more and more like Jesus, but also more and more effective for him and serving him with all of our hearts. And I'm sharing these four criteria with you, hoping that you'll take a hold of them, uh, live them out, ask God to help you to, to, to deal with the issues that are in your life that need change or that God wants to impart an impact into your life. And Father, I'm asking you to do that for us, hearer and doer, hearer and preacher, at every level, churches all around the world, leaders being raised up and us reaching all that you want us to be and to do for you and looking at, being able to look at you one day and say, thank you, Lord, and hearing your great commendation of, of well done, my good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we were looking at, uh, Isaiah 50, uh, at uh, Matthew 25 yesterday, the parable of the talent, uh, and God entrusting to all of us uh, certain uh, talents, gifts, uh, enablings, equippings, etc. And that God wants to increase these ever increasingly as we respond to him in faithfulness and in faith. And I want to read now just uh, another one of those wonderful scriptures that actually speaks about God's desire for enlargement. And I want you to take this promise for yourself. Let the Spirit of God work it into your life. It says the sing, O barren woman, Isaiah 54, verse 1, you who, were never, who never bore us a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Why? Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has an hus her husband. Now listen to this. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Before I read on, I want to say this is for you personally, this is for your team, and this is for your church, and this is for us and our togetherness as we minister uh, into the nations of the world, uh, doing what Christ told us to do, to go into all the nations and make disciples of them all, teaching them to observe all that he's uh, commanded us to do. So let me read that again in that second verse. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, wide. Do not hold back. Strengthen your, uh, lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. That's out and deep. Outwards, deep. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. And uh, if we just would, if you just have a quick look at Isaiah chapter 60, and the last verse, it says this in the, to, to the children of Israel and, the, and therefore passes on to us the seed of Abraham in Christ. The least of you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do this swiftly. So these are God's promises for us. Growth, enlargement, reaching our potential and going forward into the, all the things that God has for us. So in the last session, the first session, I, I spoke about what you are. And that included two things, our, our, what, our ministry, what God's called us to be and to do, and also our, our call, our capacity. And we were looking at also uh, the fact that we need to cooperate, and I shared seven areas of, of, as a basic minimum 
that we need to cooperate in. Now, just before I go on to the next part of that, in that first uh, little um, part of uh, what you are, please just bear in mind that, that when I'm preaching, sometimes I have to repeat what I've said in other messages because I'm not always too sure that people that are listening to this have heard other stuff in the past. Some people just pick and choose what they want. They don't want to get the whole enchilada, as we would say. And so I'm always conscious of that. So I have to sometimes be sounding like I'm repeating stuff. And uh, it's uh, really, there's, there's a purpose in it. I want people to really understand what God wants for their lives and to count for God and be effective. So we carry on this morning and we look at the third part of what you are. And that is your character, not only your call, not only your cooperation, but also your character. That is in public and in private. Uh, what, what is the real you? Uh, this is a, such an important thing that somehow the other preachers sometimes forget. And uh, so what are we talking about when we're talking about our character? First of all, we're talking about honesty with integrity, that uh, what that we, we really are honest to the best of our abilities, that we're not uh, deceiving people, we're not living in self-deception or demonic deception of any sort, we're not standing up and exaggerating and lying, um, Evangelistically, as we would say, evangelistically speaking, stretching the truth, uh, evangelistically speaking, uh, but we're not swayed by the opinions of people and the preferences of people, etc. We've got a testimony, something like the testimony of Jesus in Mark chapter 12, verse 14, where you read it for yourself, where he's, he's given this commendation, we know that you're not swayed by men or the opinions of men, uh, your word is your word. And then also, there's not only honesty when we talk about our character, it's not only integrity, but there's faithfulness. And uh, we need to be truly faithful at every level. What God has committed to us, we use it. What the doors God opens for us, we go through them. We do our best for Him. We're faithful at every level. And we've touched some of those areas before, but also that we're transparent. That uh, the, the person in the pulpit is the person that's in private. It's not just we don't have two different personalities or two, two different people. What, what, what you hear from, what people hear and see from the pulpit, that's the real you. you there's transparency. And then there's consistency. We're not up and down and chopping and changing all the time. We, we're consistent. And then we're disciplined. We touch part of that. And that we're sacrificial. And also that we're humble. There has to be humility. And so if you'd like to, in Isaiah 66, verse 20, it talks about one esteemed by the Lord. And that's what I want. God, how do you see me? I don't want to be esteemed by people. I want to be esteemed by you. And uh, so can I just make a few little suggestions? Don't allow yourself to become impressed with yourself. So often this can happen so easy. Anything you succeed in, anything I succeed in, it really was him who did it, not me, not you. So don't become impressed with yourself. And if you're going to boast or glory, boast in the Lord and glory in the Lord. Don't allow people to make you their king. They've always wanted a king like they were within, with, uh, they needed, they wanted Saul. It was not enough to have God as their king and their ruler, their supreme. And so people will make people, other people, uh, even leaders, the king in their lives. So don't allow in any this to happen in any form. Moving on then to the next part of that is your personality. Not only your character, but your personality. Is it you need to be flexible and yet stable, confident and yet vulnerable, passionate and yet sensitive, persevering 
In other words, that you, you, you don't quit easily, that you're wild but not weird, that you're authentic and a self-starter. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, Paul writes this, God who put in the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you, for Titus not only welcomed our appeal, but he's coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his own initiative. We need to become self-starters and we need leaders that are self-starters. So that's quickly a part of what you are. Um, the second criteria that I mentioned that will determine your progress and uh, your potential being realized is what you can do. In other words, a few, few things here I'd like to touch. First of all, increasing our effectiveness. We were raised to be radical, to be effective, to be fruitful and to be different, even in our leadership. And so God wants us, uh, in order to increase our effectiveness, he wants us to be a team that is united, one in purpose, humble, in honor preferring one another, not competitive, jealous, executive-minded, self-promoting, grasping. And these are critical days for local churches today, and these are critical days for us and our togetherness around the world. Uh, we as leaders genuinely think this through. We need to become and be and stay part of the solution and not part of the problem. And so in order for us to fulfill the good works which God's prepared for us in advance that Ephesians 2.10 tells us to do, the team needs to keep growing. That's the team in your local church, the team of elders, the team of deacons, and that's the team in our translocal togetherness around the world. It needs to keep growing. It needs to keep growing in maturity. It needs to keep growing, keep growing in effectiveness. And it needs to keep growing numerically. God adding to the church, adding to the team. <coughs> So, for God to add to, or for us to just keep adding to our number, if we aren't what we should be, is to set a bad, a bad example for any others that we bring onto the team. They're going to eventually undermine our effectiveness by seeing what 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 what, what these new guys what they see of it, how we as a team are behaving, what we're doing, if there's compromise, etc., and that's going to eat away from us at us from, from within. So can I say that again, please? To add to continue to add to our number, if we aren't what we should be, it's going to just eventually affect all of our effectiveness, local church, translocal ministry around the world. So we need to have sober assessment about our capacity and our core. And that's why a united eldership team and, a, and relating to a translocal team in a, in, in a, in a real way, uh, not by just terminology, but by reality, is so important. Because the local team can help you uh, to negotiate your way through what you are and what your capacity is, what your call is, etc. And then also your spouse is a major help in that. So be united in your little team as your husband and wife, your team as a family, your team as a local church eldership, your team as a local church deacon team with the eldership, and then with the translocal team. Let reality break into every one of those things where we're united in purpose, etc. Uh, and so, in order to enlarge the team, two things are imperative. The one is lengthen, and the other one is strengthen. So, to lengthen, 
um, faith is so essential to seeing that God wants us to be more and more impacting and fruitful, uh, for, for, to be effective at a larger range and level than just our local church. And never let your local church become your parish. It needs to be the nations. The world is my parish. It, the world is what God has called me to, 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 to win for Christ as best as I can. Those, that part I can play in all of that happening. That's true for you. It's true for me. It's true for us. It's true for your eldership. It's true for us in our translocal togetherness. So lengthen. And that has to do with being stretched personally and in our togetherness. And then strengthen your stakes. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. We've got to make sure we're really rooted in him, anchored in him. That my anchor will hold no matter what comes our way. And then also, if we're going to strengthen our stakes, then we're going to re it's going to also include the foundations of Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1, to three, one, verses one 2, and 3. Have a, a read of that for yourself. Not laying again the foundations of repentance from good works, faith towards God, etc. Uh, make sure those foundations are well established in your life and then also in the eldership and then also in your local church. And then there's the foundation of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. And that's the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. The impact that you allow the reality of their ministry into the life of your church and into your own life personally. That there really is reality. And then also there's the foundation of Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through to verse 29. Uh, which most people think that, that rock there is, is Jesus. While he is the rock. And most important part of it, that they are speaking about doing what God says. He that hears and does, I will liken to a man who built his house upon the rock. The obedience, doing what God says. So obedience to the word of God. All right. I'd like to talk a little bit about team, the ingredients of team, that there needs to be uh, unity and humility and other mindedness and participation and joy and family mindedness, etc., uh, just like it's expressed, the ultimate expression of team is the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All three equal, none of them competing with each other, but each one knowing what they're called to do, what they're called to uh, be involved in, and not trying to outdo other people. And so we have to, stre to strengthen our stakes, dig deeper. And uh, I'm, I'm going to move on because of, of our time. So let's come now to this other part of... Um, what we can do and that is how many talents do I have or how many talents do you have in other words how to increase our leadership skills our leadership skills basically are a combination of both natural and supernatural slash spiritual skills gifts talents the Matthew 25 14 to 30 that I was talking about so I'm going to just itemize a few of those uh, talents and skills, natural and supernatural slash spiritual, I want to bring to you first of, and, and ask you to let God change you even while I'm preaching. These are preaching skills. And that involves our ability to communicate. God wants to increase our ability to communicate. I know when I first came, when I came to Christ, I could not even remember John 3.16 when I was put in front of some, so, uh, a group of people, I just lost my ability to think straight. 
Uh, and, and slowly but surely, while I'm not the best communicator, God has increased my communication skills, my ability to preach. And then with the preaching skills, the use of the Bible. You know, we've all got a Bible. We need to use it more in our preaching. It's part of preaching school. The art of using the Word of God to confirm, even if you can't, if you're in a hurry like I have to be with some of these things because of the time factors, ensure people and urge them to go and look into the Word of God, see what the Word of God says, give them the Scripture reference, and it's so much more helpful if, if you're preaching for them to put it up behind you and let them read for themselves what you're talking about. Let the Word of God become so much a, an emphasis in and through your ministry and not just your ideas or your understanding of certain truths. So your preaching skill is communication skills. It's also your use of the Bible and how to get to the point. The points you're trying to make. Preaching skills that you... You're happy, you're serious, you're still friendly, and you offer hope even when you have to bring strong messages. Now, a lot of people have confused somehow or the other. They think that unless it's positive, it's not truth. But there are things in the Bible. I'm a positive person. and Everything I believe for big. I believe that God's for us. And if God's for us, who can be against us? But I know that this Bible also teaches that we have to take something seriously and we have to repent of some things. And so uh, we've got to be serious, but we've got to be happy and we've got to be uh, friendly and we've got to be offering hope even when we're speaking strongly. And then also that we're not forever constantly re repeating ourselves and always apologizing. Now, sometimes I fall for that one where I, I apologize for, for things that I shouldn't. But the fact that I do it have fallen is not excuse enough to say, well, I'm not going to tell you what it says. And God is helping me to grow and progress in these things. Being yourself with the personality that God's given you. That you, your appearance. These are all preaching school. That people aren't put off by the way you look. Dirty, scruffy. Uh, I'll leave that to you. But you ask God to help you to be wise to reach all. Not just certain sectors of society, but all of society, wherever God has placed you and wherever God opens doors for you to break in and be a blessing and bring Christ to, to people. That your whole appearance from the top of your head to the top, tip of your toes doesn't put anyone off. Like Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might win some. And then also your hygiene, etc. And then when we use illustrations... Ask God to help you to be artful in the way you do that, to, to really use illustrations artfully, powerfully, and effectively, that they make, they, they, absolutely, they confirm the point you're trying to drive home. And then with preaching skills also, you've got to know your hearers, their problems, their concerns, and then ask God to give you His answers and His love for them every time you preach. Moving on from preaching skills to people skills. And uh, I'm not going to be able to finish this, so I'm going to just tell you these, and I'm going to come back to this people skills. But there has to be not only preaching skills, but people skills, your pastoral skills, your prayer skills, your prophetic skills, your piloting or administrative skills, your planning skills, your perception skills, your participation skills, your peace skills, your parenting skills. That's with a physical family, your sons and daughters. 
but that's also the spiritual sons and daughters that God gives you, and then your passion skills. So we'll get back to that, but let me just finish off with his people skills. How are you coming across? How are you affecting people, for good or for bad? Some people tell these jokes that you lose half your congregation when you turn on someone, or you make a fool of someone. Even if you're talking about politicians, or political parties, avoid those things. Be wise in, in, in how you're coming across. Ask God to help you with people skills to be tactful. Not to come across like a bulldozer. Ask God to help you to build bridges that can carry the truth to those people. The weight can carry it of the, the, the bridge that you have towards them. Ask God for and you, your people skills for wisdom. Uh, ask God to help you with these unhelpful quirks, quirks and personality traits that all of us have. Ask God to help you to be friendly and caring, not scowling, not appearing angry and unimpressed. And also that people know you're grateful. I don't know whether people, when you're preaching, understand how grateful you are for the privilege that God has given you to share the Word of God, share Christ, who is everything, with these people that are seated before you. And to me, it is such a privilege even now to be sitting here in my study, looking at the screen, knowing that there are going to be some people somewhere that are going to listen and hopefully, by the grace of God, allow that truth to transform them. What a privilege. I'm so grateful to God for that. And so God's blessing be upon you. We'll start the third session with pastoral skills. In the meantime, look after yourself, stay strong, and keep going all out for God in Jesus. And we pray and ask Jesus to help you. And I pray for that day by day, all of you that come under the sound of my voice, this preaching. God's blessing be upon you. Thank you.